So John 13, verses 1 through 17. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is your word, and we are your people And the Spirit of Christ lives in us. And and we ask for your help. We ask for the help of the Spirit. That we would have open eyes to behold the wondrous things out of your law this evening. Father, we pray that by your Spirit, you would show us Christ in this passage. And we pray that we would not only listen to the Word and, and so deceive ourselves but that we would do what it says. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, truth be told, truth be told, this is my first Maundy Thursday service. I've been to Good Friday services before, but I've never been to a service, a worship service, on the Thursday before Easter. Now, I know some of your church backgrounds but not all of them. For some of you, this might be a familiar worship service. But for others, maybe like me, this is your very first time. Whatever the case, why do we call it Maundy Thursday? Why do we call it Maundy Thursday? I once thought it was pronounced Monday, and that's convenient because it rhymes with Thursday. Monday, Thursday. It's actually pronounced Maundy Thursday, I learned. So, Maundy Thursday. So, what's up with this Maundy Thursday? You might know 
But mandi comes from a Latin word meaning commandment. Commandment. Do you remember the commandment, the new commandment that Jesus gave his disciples the night before his death, on the Thursday before Good Friday? Later in this very chapter, later in chapter 13, Jesus said to his disciples, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. So it's Maundy Thursday. In other words, it's commandment Thursday. It's the day before Jesus' death when he ate this Passover meal with his disciples. At that meal, Jesus gave his disciples a new commandment. He instituted the Lord's Supper for the very first time. And he washed his disciples' feet. He washed their feet. And that's what we're going to look at together this evening. So let's travel back in time. Let's go back to that original Maundy Thursday when Jesus washed his disciples' feet. Now we studied, if you've, uh, if you've been with Proclamation for the past year, you might know that we've studied through John. And so we actually, I preached this passage more in depth about a year ago. So tonight we'll hit a few of the highlights. Let me show you from these verses the two portraits of Jesus and the path of joy for you and me. Two portraits of Jesus and the path of joy for us. We find the first portrait in verses 1 through 11. As John writes about this foot washing, as he tells us what Jesus does, who's, who is Jesus? If, this, if these verses are a portrait, what would be the title of that portrait? Well, these verses are about Jesus the Savior. Jesus the Savior. Think of what, think of what happens here as a parable, but, but as an acted parable. We're familiar with parables. Maybe you have a favorite one. The parable of the good Samaritan. The parable of the prodigal son. The parable of the sower. But here, the foot washing is an acted parable. Jesus acts it out instead of simply telling his disciples. Think about how at this Passover meal, as Jesus reclined with his disciples, he could have given them a parable. He could have said, hey, listen, I want to I share a parable with you. Maybe it would have been about a king who sat down, down for a meal with his, with his princes. And as Jesus t- is telling the parable, he explains how normally a slave would wash everyone's feet, but there was no slave there in the room. And all of the princes were too proud to wash one another's feet. And so there they were, no, with no one's feet washed, But the king, the king himself, takes the role of a slave and washes everyone's feet. Jesus could have told a parable. He could have said, there was once a story. There was once a king. But he he doesn't tell a parable. Instead, he acts it out. It's almost like a game of charades. You may know that game where you act something out and everyone has to guess what you're what you're doing, or who you're trying to be. It's almost like a game, it's almost like charades. Jesus acts it out instead of telling us 
the parable. Without speaking a word, Jesus rises and he takes off his outer garment. He takes a towel, he ties it around his waist, he washes his disciples' feet one by one. After he finishes, he puts his outer garment back on and resumes his place and asks his disciples, Do you understand? Do you understand what I've done to you? Do you understand the parable that I have just acted out? Do you get it? Do you see what this parable is all about? So sisters and brothers, do you understand? As we reflect once again at this Easter season on the death and resurrection of Christ, do you understand? Do you understand the meaning of this parable? It's really, it's really a breathtaking picture of the gospel. He is acting out the gospel. And let me explain that to you. Well, who is Jesus? Well, he knew that the Father had given all things into his hands. Everything. He knew that he had come from God and was returning to God. But what did Jesus do? He didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped. No, he made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant. He tied his howl around his waist and poured water into a basin. He humbled himself. He became a man. He knelt down and washed his disciples' feet. In other words, this king became a servant and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. But you all know that's not how the story ends. After washing the disciples' feet, what did he do? He put his outer garment back on, and he resumed his place, the place of highest exaltation. God has bestowed on this servant, this Savior, the name that is above every name. So do you understand what Jesus is acting out here? It's really, if you were were there, and if, if it was like a game of charades, what would you be yelling out? You'd be saying, this is, this is the gospel. This is, this is the good news that the eternal son of God became a man and died on the cross and, and rose again and is now exalted in glory. That, that's what you're showing us. You are that savior. That's what you'd be, you'd be jumping off the, off the couch saying, I got it. That's the gospel. That's Jesus. It's an acted parable. This is who Jesus is and what he came to do. Not just to wash his disciples' feet, but to wash his people with his own blood. Do you understand what this Savior has done to you, for you? If if you do, then your life has been forever changed. And that's what we start to see in the next verses. Starting in verse 12, we see... Another portrait of Jesus. If the first portrait is titled Jesus the Savior, this next portrait is titled Jesus the Example. Listen again as I reread these verses, starting in verse 12. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. 
If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Now, we have all heard someone say, do as I say, but not as I do. Do as I say, but not as I do. We all know that it's much easier to tell someone to do something than it is to actually do it. It's easy for me to say to my kids, share your toys. It's a much harder thing for me to share the things that I I really value. We get that. Our personal examples are far from perfect. That's why we'll often jokingly say, do as I say, but not as I do. I'm still learning. I haven't arrived yet. My example is far from perfect. Do as I say, not as I do. Well, you know what Jesus says? Jesus says, do as I do and do as I say. Do as I do. And do as I say. There is no escaping his logic here. There is no back door. There is no loophole. There is no way to get around what he's saying here. If I, the Lord, have washed your feet, if Jesus died on the cross for you, cleansing you from your sins with his very blood, then what do you think you should do? What should we do? If I, the teacher, have washed your feet, then isn't it obvious? You should love one another as I have loved you. Love as I have loved you. Jesus would say, he he does say, do as I do and do as I say. There are so many implications for us. So So many ways that this makes a difference in our lives. But... Think about the implications of what Jesus says here for who you are. Think about who you are as Christians, as those who love and trust in Jesus. What common identity do we all share? What do we all have in common as those who belong to Christ? Well, if Jesus is our Lord and teacher, if what John is saying here is true, then we are all servants. As a Christian, you are a servant. You are a servant. If you're a Christian, that's who you are. Do you think of yourself that way? Do you think of yourself like a servant? Do you, to what extent, to what extent are you, are you believing that? Are you thinking that? A servant is who we all are as followers of Jesus. Whether you are seven years old or 70 years old. We are servants. It's not something that we grow out of or age out of. We are servants, period. Whether you are an employer with people under you or an employee with people above you, we are all servants. Whether we're single or married, black or white, male or female, rich or poor, Educated or uneducated, strong or weak, 
healthy or sick. To be a Christian is to be a servant. That's who we are. This is something that we all share as Christians. This is true of all of us as followers of Jesus. A biblical counselor puts it this way. He writes, Each of us in our core identity is meant to live as a subordinate. Each of us in our core identity is meant to live as a subordinate. That's, that's, we need God's help to understand that and to believe that. That, that's who we are. We are servants and we are to live as subordinates. Now, of course, this will look different for each one of us. This will look and feel different for each one of us. We are all servants, but what that looks like will be particular for, for each, each of us. So I'm a servant, and I'm a servant as a husband, as a father, as a son, as a pastoral intern. Although the details will be different... And that's true for each one of us here in this room as Christians. We are all servants at the core. Each of us in our core identity is meant to live as a subordinate. I am a servant. You are a servant. So to what extent are you living like that? Do you remind yourself? Have you ever woken up saying or reminding yourself... I am a servant today. That's, that's who I am. To what extent are you asking the question, who can, I, who can I serve? Or who can I move toward? Or whose feet can I wash? To what extent are we asking those sorts of questions? It's, it's been humbling for me to reflect on this passage. It really has. For example, as a parent of young children... I really want there to be an off button. I want there to be times when I can stop being a servant or turn it off, especially, especially at nighttime. Especially at nighttime. But this servant identity, has it doesn't have an off switch. It doesn't have a dimmer. I'm going to tone down my servant identity for a few minutes. It doesn't have a timer. Okay, I filled my quota for the day. No, it's, it's who we are. We are servants. It's who I am 24-7 as a follower of Christ. And I'm called, you could put it this way, I'm called to become who I am. I'm called to become more and more who I am. I'm a servant. And I'm called to become more and more. You are called to become more and more a servant. Does all this talk about being a servant sound like drudgery to you? Does it sound like a joyless, miserable, unfortunate calling? Listen again to the words of Jesus. Jesus, remember, our Savior and example. In verse 17, he says, If you know these things, blessed, blessed are you if you do them. In other words, this servant path is the path of joy. It's the path of joy, of happiness, of blessing, of life. To be a servant is to, is to pursue your own happiness. This is what we're called to do. And as we often say here at Proclamation, 
Christ calls us to joy and not away from it. Christ calls us to joy and not away from it, to happiness, not away from happiness. That's because he's calling us to himself. He's calling us to true joy. Do you see what Jesus is doing, doing here? He's saying, this is the way to life, uh, to happiness, to satisfaction. This is it. I'm showing it to you. Love one another as I have loved you. Just like I'm a servant, you are a servant. Haven't we all experienced this blessing? We've experienced this blessing. We know what Jesus is talking about. Each one of us can share stories of how we were blessed when we moved towards someone else, when we washed someone's feet, when we knelt down and served someone. We know this experience. We could talk for a long time about what this is like. We know it's true. We know it's true, not just because Jesus says it, but because we've experienced it. But we've also experienced the opposite, haven't we? We have experienced the frustration. If you're like me, you have experienced the frustration that results from living for yourself. If we know these things and don't do them, what should we expect? Not blessing, but cursing. Not life, but death. Not relational peace, but conflict. Not joy, but bitterness. Not satisfaction, but emptiness. We all know the unhappiness that results from trying to live our own way. Jesus is saying, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Well, in just a few verses, Jesus will say to his disciples, and he'll say to us, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. When the disciples heard Jesus say that, they had experienced him washing their feet. That comes a little bit later in this in this chapter. And how has he loved us? He has loved us. He has loved you by washing your feet, by dying on the cross, by laying down his very life for you. It's, it's Maundy Thursday. It's Commandment Thursday. Many things happen on this special day, but this is one of them. He gives us, he gives you, a new commandment. We are to love as Jesus has loved us. And friends, this is the path of joy. Amen.